Well, I was tempted to call this episode Mom's Gone Wild, but I thought it would maybe attract the wrong kind of attention to a topic that, though I laugh, is actually very serious. So today we are talking about two stories of moms who have gone way over the edge, who have crossed the line when it comes to their daughters. Now, this is adjacent, in my mind, to something like the college admission scandal. These are the little things you see happening before you get to something massive like the college admission scandal. But there are these two stories that are very compelling to me, and both of them involve technology. And you know, a girl loves her tech. So we're going to talk about two mothers who are now facing criminal prosecution, one for trying to advance her daughter's cheerleading career, one for rigging an election for homecoming queen. And it's it's fascinating. It's sad. It's just parenting gone wild. And it's deeply concerning to me that this is something that we are going to have to continue to deal with, with the technological advancements. And I think the college admission scandal really shined a light on how far people will go for their children and how broken the adults are in our society where they cannot let their kids stand on their own and succeed or sometimes fail and learn and do better next time. But that's a lot to talk about. So we need to just get into it. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. I said, burr. It's cold in here. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. I said, Burr. It's cold in here. I said, There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. I said, Oe, oe, yo. Ice, ice, ice. Slow it down. No, I'm not going to sing the whole thing. Yes, I watched Bring It On a lot. Not recently either. And I know the opening cheer too, but it has things in it like, I swear I'm not a whore. Ooh, like it it has aged not great, <laughs> but it's still funny. The jokes are just a little bit off in the beginning of Bring It On. If you haven't seen the opening sequence of Bring It On, just look it up on the YouTubes. It's over there. It's pretty funny. It's a very um adult dig at cheerleading and not to make fun of cheerleading. I know that competitive cheerleading is a tremendously difficult sport. I do not want to throw people through the air. I don't want to go hurtling through the air. I I, I watched cheer on Netflix. I looked at it the whole time going, oh my God, that looks like that looks like an injury waiting to happen. And sometimes it was. So I mad respect to cheer. I'm not going to poke fun at cheer. I know just because there's makeup and bows doesn't mean it's not a sport. Being able to like wear makeup and do a sport is kind of goals for me because water polo. So I was not trying to wear waterproof mascara while that happened. I also normally start the episode 
with either reviews or with um, comments left. And I talked a little bit about the cheerleading story over on the YouTubes and a lot of you left comments. There were hundreds of comments on this video, but the reason I decided to talk about it more in depth was because of how many comments I got saying things like, I didn't know what a deep fake was. And we are going to talk about deep fakes. I didn't know that this was a thing. Technology is getting more and more terrifying to me. I'm sure my kids already know about this crap and they'll probably say duh to me, but we're having a conversation about it anyway. Another comment was this whole cheerleading thing in the U.S. is fascinating to me. The passion and emphasis on it through school is nothing like where I live. We have nothing like this. We play sports, but it's not what leads a town as what I've seen many times over the years. So all kinds of comments from all over the world regarding the U.S., their cheerleading. Another comment was competitive cheer is like a combination of gymnastics, dance, and just a dash of pageants, which I love. And and now it's not just a dash of pageants. It's like a dash of pageants and psycho parents. And there were a lot of comments also about positive experience with cheer parents and negative experience with cheer parents. And I think it's fair to say that these are outlying cases, but the fact that they're happening is really concerning to me. And these two stories highlight what I see as a problem for adults more than a problem for kids, because it's the adults who do not have the faith in their own children and possibly their own parenting skills to let their children succeed on their own or let their children not succeed on their own and grow and learn. And I understand that watching your children be disappointed is terribly difficult, but we as adults, as parents are supposed to be able to weather that we are supposed to put our own needs and wants aside to do the hardest thing there is, which is to raise someone to be a functioning adult. It's hard if you yourself are not a functioning adult. And that is what I see in these stories. I feel badly for the children whose parents did not trust them. And there is a difference between helping your child to succeed and working with them and cheating for them. Imagine as we get into these stories, how these daughters must feel knowing that their moms don't believe they can get there on their own. And the competitiveness in parenting is something that is so troubling to me, but I'm also like, fascinated by it because it's what even is that? And I, I just, I feel like every time parents up the ante with shit like this, it causes other parents to feel like, oh my God, well, if I'm not on that level, am I doing enough? And it reminds me of being at my son's, my youngest, um, Easter kind of school event where they did an Easter egg hunt in kindergarten. And I was standing in library park in the gazebo with another parent. And this is no shade. Like I get the feeling, I get the impulse. I understand where this is coming from, but I also don't agree with it. So I'm standing with another parent who I quite enjoy and we are watching our children hunt for eggs. And they were supposed to find one with um, the letters to spell out spring. So each egg had its own letter and they had to find one of each. And so 
I was standing in the gazebo. My kid knew where I was. It was a school event in the park. So he came running back up and he had like two G's or something. And I'm like, hey, you need, you're missing this letter. You need that letter. Go back out and find it. Aside from her child and my child, all of the other children had a parent at their arm pointing to the eggs that they should pick up. Now in kindergarten, they can identify letters and I get it. If one or two children can't identify letters, then I think you let them run back up to you and you give them some guidance and send them back out. And this is said by the mom of a child who's ADHD and dyslexic. So letters were a challenge for my dude as well. But parents were out there like hustling at the Easter egg gathering for their kids. But when my kid came running up to me, he was so proud because he had done it. And he was like, look, my eggs. And he was showing me everything he'd done. And when you are the parent who's there pointing everything out at your child's elbow, you take that away from them. You take their pride away from them because they haven't accomplished anything on their own. And I am not a therapist, psychologist, child psychologist, but I'm a human and I've parented. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that when you don't let people learn on their own, it damages their self-esteem. Now, this is from my own experience. This is not from any level of degrees, but how do you have a sense of self-worth if every message you get in your life is, oh no, you can't do it, let me. And it's something I struggle with too, particularly with things like loading the dishwasher. Look, it bothers me if it's not done right. I have a very specific definition of right, but letting my kids do things on their own shows them that I trust them to do things and to learn things and to figure shit out. What happens to our kids when we don't trust them to do anything, big or small, and we don't give them the opportunity to learn, to fail, to grow, and to realize that Mistakes aren't bad or scary. They're just mistakes. And then you do something else because I think it tells our kids when we are afraid to let them make mistakes, that mistakes are like life ending, like mistakes are the worst. And some mistakes are hard to recover from. But if kids have experience making a lot of little mistakes, hopefully some of the bigger mistakes won't be completely crippling to them as they grow, because that's where we see so much of what we're seeing on social media right now. And as I'm recording this, there's all kinds of stuff going on with David Dobrik. And I'll be talking about that over on YouTube. If you're like, Emily, what are you talking about? He's a YouTuber. There's so much happening. If you're curious, DM me, come over to YouTube. I'll send you the link to the video, but he's 24 years old. And there are some very big mistakes that are potentially career ending at this point. And I just can't help but wonder Like, has he ever had to actually take responsibility for mistakes before at 24 years old? It's still pretty young. And these are some big things and with very big repercussions potentially. And I don't know how you bounce back from that as a more complete person if you've never actually been through making a mistake, which leads me into these parents not allowing their children to succeed or fail on their own. And again, Making mistakes is a part of growing and it's a part of becoming a full person and learning how to say, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, I made a mistake. Uh, Sorry about that. 
can we fix it? Or, hey, I made a mistake. This is why I made that mistake. Let's do better next time. Without that, with the like mistake equals death mentality, I can see why we end up where these people have ended up, which for both of them is involved in criminal cases over their own terrible decisions. And yes, yes, I am judging. You know why? Because what you're not going to do is deep fake other high school kids to try to make your daughter look better on the cheerleading team. That's what we're not going to go ahead and do. And now you're like, Emily, what's a deep fake? It sounds naughty. I don't know what it is. I'm confused. It's fair. Deep fake technology allows for someone's face and voice to be faked either in still photos alone or in videos. Yes, face and voice. Yes, this technology can be accessed on a cell phone. You know all those like cute filters on Instagram, on it used to be Snapchat. I'm sure people still use Snapchat. I, they're younger than me. I don't know. On TikTok, these filters that can change your face or put like dog ears on your head with a tongue hanging out of your mouth, that kind of technology, but then make it someone else's face doing things instead of just a silly little, you know, dog ears or or makeup or a different hair color. And some of the filters are quite good. Well, it's similar technology and voice technology, and it gets rendered. I'm not going to go into how to make you a cyber criminal. You, I want you to understand the technology. I don't want you to go, this is genius. We can do something with this. Don't do that. So it can fake voice and face. There is a TikTok account currently, and I played some of it in a video that I will link in the show notes called Deep Tom Cruise. And if you're just cruising through, it's passable. You're like, oh, that looks a lot like Tom Cruise. Now, the creator of the account has made it Tom Cruise a little younger than contemporaneous. I And I think on purpose, so you wouldn't be actually confused that Tom Cruise is doing these things. But if you're just scrolling quickly, it's enough that you're like, wait a second, that's really creepy. And the phone app deep fakes are becoming more and more accessible to, you know, everyday people, including a Pennsylvania mother who has now been charged on multiple misdemeanor accounts of harassing a child, cyber harassment of a child, and then harassment. She's been charged with six different charges because there are three victims of her harassment. And she used the deep fake technology to manipulate, it seems like social media posts of other girls on the cheer team. So she had taken the posts and manipulated them. One was a video that showed a girl vaping. Another was a video that showed a girl drunk and, or pardon me, drinking and naked. And these were sent to the team's coach through a masked phone number. And masking is a technology often through an app that allows you to send a text message seemingly from another phone number. Um, Those things can be traced and were in this case, which is how she ended up with the three criminal charges. But she also sent these videos to the girl's 
on the team. And one of the girls spoke up and spoke to today and said that the text messages included things like, you know, from a concerned parent, you should probably harm yourself. But she used the actual like horrible word of that, which I also can't imagine sending a teenager, you know, you should probably just go ahead and and do that. And sent the video uh, with it. So it was this, to me, threat of, hey, look what we know that you're doing, or look what I know that you're doing, and you should probably just go ahead and, and go ahead and end it. So these videos were also sent to the cheer coach. It seems from the news reporting that the cheer coach approached the girl about it. And then the whole story kind of came out that these weren't her on video. The mom went to the police. The district attorney of Bucks County in Pennsylvania actually said that they did months of investigation on this case to uncover the little kind of crumbs that are left from cyber alteration like this. And it took them from the summer till March. So July to March to not just get to the back of the app and figure out whose phone was underneath it, but also to get the arrest warrants, figure out and undo kind of the alteration done to the videos and track those down. And then once they got the physical evidence, were able to confirm that the cell phone held evidence of what had happened. And then the woman was charged with those six misdemeanor counts. Why are they misdemeanor counts? Well, because that's the law that fits. And this is one of the things when it comes to deep fakes is that there aren't laws in every state that fit easily with the type of harassment this is. And when we talk about deep fakes causing serious issues, this is a deep fake made on a cell phone by a 50-some-odd-year-old mom in Pennsylvania. No disparagement to 50-year-old moms. I have my own mom. I don't think she's deep-faking anything on her iPhone. I would be. (laughs) There are days when she's not downloading anything from the app store on her iPhone. And being a woman in my 40s, I know where my line with technology is and that I'm more technologically advanced than most. So for this technology to be that accessible is very interesting to me. But it also brings up other questions of, A, why are parents going so far to come after other kids? B, what does technology and criminal and even civil trials look like anymore if if you can't rely on, well, this is a video? I mean, if you have the person that took the video saying, no, I took this video, it's different. But if you have somebody saying, I see that that's me on video, but that's not me on video, it creates this whole new wave of, can we trust the things that we see? Can we trust the things that we hear? And in a time where we already have a heavy dose of skepticism going on with what people are saying and and what facts are anyway, deep fakes add an entire new layer into what are facts and what is real. And I applaud the district attorney's office and the police departments that went after this because not all departments have the resources to go after what happened in a case like this. And I think some departments, and I love the officers that I know, but I think some departments would be like, 
so it's a video of your daughter vaping and she says it's not her. Like, is she just afraid of getting in trouble? Like, but no, but is she just afraid of getting, like, I know you say she's not afraid of getting in trouble, but like, but really though, is she just lying? Because it feels like, you know, it's probably just a video of your daughter vaping. It's probably not a faked video. So just calm down. We don't have the resources to find out if this is a faked video. And so it says a lot that this department had the, I don't know, fortitude and wherewithal and dedication to actually track down and investigate this case and, and, and believe this mother who believed her daughter that this was a fake video. Cause I also think when we get skeptical and I don't have a teen of this age yet, but I can see parents being like, okay, you're not in trouble. Like, but is it really you? You're not like, I'm not going to be mad. I just want to know. And Believing your kid first is something I talk about a lot. And in this case, it looks like the daughter who came forward or the the cheerleader that came forward was believed by her coach, was believed by her mom, and was believed by the department that dug into this and actually found this was a local mom trying to discredit these three teens. I don't know if that was made easier by the harassing nature of some of the text messages, if it's because it was also sent with a cheer coach. There are some things that might have been suspicious enough that it raised a little like, you know, detective spidey sense that this was an an anomaly and this was not a normal, like, oh, this is a teen who got caught vaping on video. This was something more than that and investigated it that way, though I don't think every department would do the same, though I hope that they would. I talk about this story, A, because I think it's deeply troubling that parents are this (sighs) willing to harm the trajectory of another kid's life because you never know how a kid will take a faked video. I mean, when teens feel like everything's being taken away from them, it can be devastating to them. And willfully doing that to another child is horrendous to me and and hard to conceive of. In the college admission scandal, yes, you look at the entitled kids whose parents spent oodles and oodles of money to try to get them into the right colleges. And yes, in theory, one kid probably didn't get a place because these kids took their slot. But it wasn't targeted harm at one person. That's a a different kind of institutional harm. This was targeted harm at these three kids who had deep fakes made of them. And as I was rambling a little about the laws with deep fakes earlier, there are issues with deep fakes in the adult film space and celebrities and others having deep fake adult movies made of them. And that being used for things like discrediting, for things like blackmail, and in other types of legal avenues. So this technology is here. This technology is not going away. It's also used for things like the Star Wars movies to show, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin in the later movies when the actor is is long since gone. And they use this to you know, age regress someone like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man to show him as a younger man inside of a 
experiment that he's made and and to to really manipulate that with technology but that's similar technology to this i mean masking your face on an iphone with a shark or a <laughs> a dog or whatever it is is the same technology it's just now taking it that extra step to put on another face and 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 alter a video it is not heavily regulated the conversation around should it be heavily regulated should this technology be allowed on the consumer level should it not be allowed that's a much longer and larger conversation i lean away from heavy regulation but i definitely lean into if people use this for an ill purpose there should be consequences so look you have the freedom to make good choices but with great power comes great responsibility and if you are going to use a deep fake technology for nefarious purposes you are going to go to prison bye bye but if you're going to use it to be a faceless youtuber like corpse husband and and you know deep fake yourself so you can be a social media personality without giving up your real world identity then is that a bad thing or does that allow for people to you know bridge the other anxieties that come along with being known on social media and is that a good thing because i think there are definitely some purposes that are good and that's where that line of okay there's freedom but that doesn't mean freedom from consequence when we talk about free from consequence i don't know if this florida mother thought that she was going to be free from consequence after using computer access to hack the homecoming queen election of her daughter but this also look when there's technology there are crumbs some are harder to find than others but in the october 2020 election for tate high school's homecoming court a florida assistant principal used her access to accounts to change 117 votes in the homecoming election and as of march 16th she and her daughter were arrested regarding this according to people.com and you heard me right when i said assistant principal because the woman in this case the mother is an assistant principal at a local to her elementary school and used their focus accounts which is it seems like their school's technical accounts used their focus account and hacked into them to switch votes I guess the school's using electronic voting for homecoming which okay I mean I think we all had little like scraps of paper passed around but I'm old. So what happened what had happened was that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement found that 117 votes were flagged because they all came from the same IP address which means this woman did not think it through at all and has a minimal at best working knowledge of technology because this is how this is how Sunday Riley got flagged in that Sephora review scam where they were going in and leaving all these reviews on their products but then the Sephora system flagged it cuz they were all coming from the same IP address 
But then at Sunday Riley, they decided to use a VPN service, which can mask your IP address, to then go in and continue to leave fraudulent reviews, which ended up with a large FTC fine. But there's an episode of The Emily Show on that if you search Sunday Riley, because that was a very interesting case as well. But it's kind of common knowledge that when you use a technological device, there is an IP address that kind of sources where the activity is coming from. And that's what happened here. It's very interesting how this came up. But when you talk about things, when you talk about things, it will come back to bite you. This was very clear in my work as a DA. The more people who knew what you were up to, the more likely it was that someone was going to find out what you were doing. The report on people.com says multiple students reported that the daughter described using her mother's focus account to cast votes. The school district brought the Florida department in to investigate soon after the vote, alleging unauthorized access into hundreds of students' accounts. Investigators further allege that the mother's focus account was used as far back as August 2019 to access 372 high school records, 339 of which belonged to Tate High School students. I would be so pissed if somebody else was in my kids' school records, but I'm going to just keep going with what people.com explains happened. I recall times that the teen logged into her mom's focus account and openly shared information, grades, schedules, etc., with others, one student told investigators. How pissed would you be if a educator's kid was like, I mean, so-and-so says they're getting a B, but they're actually getting a D. Like the, the private student information. You can't just share that shit. There are laws. Okay, I'm going to continue. The article goes on to say that according to the arrest documents, uh, she did not seem like logging in was a big deal and was very comfortable with doing so. So this is now other students' recitations of the daughter just logging in to whoever's account being like, this is their schedule T. These are their grades. People did not identify the 17 year old because she's a minor and was not immediately able to locate Carol. An attorney for the family was not listed in the jail records. So no statement has been made from the mother who has since been suspended from her position as an assistant principal. One would think so. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement said that both the mother and daughter were arrested Monday, what would that be, March 15th, on one count each of offenses against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices, a third-degree felony, unlawful use of a two-way communication device, a third-degree felony, criminal use of personal identifying information, a third-degree felony, and conspiracy to commit these offenses which is a first-degree misdemeanor. The mother was booked at the Escambria County Jail, I think I pronounced that properly, and was released after posting $6,000 in bail. The daughter was arrested and taken to the juvenile detention center, and it is unclear if if the daughter, the juvenile, will be prosecuted as an adult, as the case had not yet been assigned to a prosecutor. I, I don't know. If it was in California, it would stay in juvie with a 16, now 17 year old who had done that. But 
that might not be the case in Florida, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. I'm I'm going to follow this story. I had not seen it widely reported. A lot has happened in the world. A lot of more heavy stuff has happened in the world since these two stories came out, but this using technology to do literally the most when it comes to your kids is something that I don't know. I, I'm so troubled by it. And I was so outraged by the college admission scandal as well. And I wasn't just outraged because it's entitled and it's shitty and it's gross. I was outraged because those kids are kind of robbed of any sense of accomplishment or trust that their parents might have had in them. And that's what I get from this too. It's like, oh, these parents are basically saying by their actions, I just don't believe you're good enough, honey. And I would do anything for you. Like, is this, is this like some kind of a Chris Jenner effect? Is this doing the most for your kids? Do, do, who do we blame? <laughs> I'm only half joking. No, yeah. each individual person is to blame for their own actions. But is that what this is? Are we having the like, do the most for your kid, whatever the cost kind of a thing? Is that what's happening? I would love to hear what you have to think about it. And if you are not part of the text crew, please come over and join me. It's a lot of fun. Just hop on your mobile device and put in textemily.com and it will send me a message. And if you send the message podcast, I will know that you're coming from this episode and I can shoot you back a text and ask you what you think about what's going on with these moms doing the most. Now, it's not just moms. It's moms in these stories. I've definitely seen news articles. Been a while since you've seen a dad go nuts at a sporting event and like punch the coach or something, but it's COVID. We've all been locked down. I'm just kind of at a loss with this. I don't know how we undo this because the ramping up of well, you know, this mom's making deep fakes to get her kid further in cheerleading. And these parents are paying sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into college. And if everyone else is cheating and I'm not cheating for my kid, I clearly am not doing what I could be or should be doing for my kid. And I just, I need everybody to stand down. Like, let's teach our children how to achieve things on their own. And I know that that probably sounds naive, And I don't know how to unwind this doing the most so that kids can stand on their own merit. But at some point, they have to stand on their own merit as adults. And our kids are the ones who are going to continue pushing our world forward. And if we don't have faith in them now, how are they going to be able to do that? Where are they going to get the grit and resilience that they need? to continue moving forward in the world that we've created as adults. So it is my hope that I continue to remember that I am not responsible for my children's happiness. I am responsible to teach them the tools that they need so that they can be responsible for themselves. I hope that this episode finds you well. We are still in the middle of this. I Maybe, are we at the end? I hope we're at the end. Maybe we're at the end, but we're still in it. So we're still doing a sign off, except when I forget, because I forget sometimes, but I really try not to. 
<laughs> so grab a glass. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I'll talk to you in the next one, friend.